Welcome to Second Star to the Left, the podcast on everything fantastic, strange, and science fictional. I'm your host, Matt. Joined with my co-hosts. I'm Bert. I'm Katie. And welcome back, everyone. We had a week off. We're getting back into this one. We're really excited to share with you our thoughts on our last entry of the month of October, Get Out. Before we get into that, though, uh, we have, as usual, our listener questions. The, uh, Sarah wrote into the cast this week, and she wanted to ask us all, this isn't really super Halloween related, but I thought it was kind of fun, uh, what's your favorite game? And that could be video games, board games, card games, whatever else. <clears throat> I do play video games because I'm horrible, uh, but I am really into board games. I like games, I like board games where you lie a lot, like party, uh, social deduction games. So... So like Werewolf? Yeah, it would probably be One Night Ultimate Werewolf or um, Secret Hitler is a lot of fun, despite the Hitler nonsense, the the branding, but it's still really fun. Um, my favorite game is the one where I try desperately to avoid dysphoria after I've spent like a solid three hours cranking hog, so. How you doing that one, Lifetime? Clearly I've done very poorly. As I am on Twitter and a podcast, so clearly not managing depression super well. I Okay, I have, like, this is just a random question. So, like, cranking hog, is that, like, like, <laughs> hog, like, so are you, like, cranking somebody else's hog? Or, like... No! I, I just don't picture women saying cranking hog in reference to themselves. That's usually... Well, I mean, like... Or are you, are you just, like, the really, like, flicking the bean, like, terminology? Absolutely fucking not. Well, I was no, asking I mean, Katie, I was I can clearly tell that Katie's not. <laughs> one, one, you can't assume what the physical structures are going Absolutely. on based totally. on gender. So, like, no, that's one. For sure. Two, crank and hog sounds hilarious and it really helps to undercut the tones yes. of severe depression. So, I'm just wondering if I say, like, like, if I talk to your average woman and I say, hey, when's the last time you cranked hog? Would they be like, yeah, that makes sense? Or would they be like, fuck are you talking about you like know? they would probably laugh because it's an intended to sound funny and ridiculous okay right like, i mean clearly i'm going to need this information in my life like it's much. definitely like funny right rather than like if you went out to someone and be like when's the last time you masturbated you probably get punched in the fucking face um i mean i think in either scenario i'm gonna get punched <laughs> in the face but it's it's fine <laughs> let's move on oh uh, matt what is your favorite game well, um... Don't so, say cranking hog. Don't worry. <laughs> um, in college, I spent way too much time with first-person shooters. Um, That's a better way to say cranking hog. That was definitely a Halo. I was cranking the hog in the back of a hog um, as you run around a Halo 3 map blasting <laughs> people. This um, is all a euphemism for masturbation. It's Well, that's what Halo <laughs> is. Master um, Chief. Master Beat Chief. <laughs> Yeah, that's a real stretch. Um, I played Command and Conquer like as a kid. Like that was my first like brush with like real time strategy games, and I've always loved Command and Conquer, especially the Red Alert series. Not only for the chance to play the Soviets, but also because, because they're very fun. Tim Curry. Oh, that's a Red Alert three. Yes. It's like spice and try not to die. Spice. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh shit i think we need to have that sound clip and like, clip that in episodes. please I'll yeah. do spice spice uh, spice <laughs> um 
then uh, I also am looking around my game or my office right now as I move to my new place, and I have lots of Magic the Gathering cards. So that's one of my things that as I've gotten older and can no longer do twitchy first-person shooter games or real-time strategy games as much that I find myself doing. I'm still bad at that. So He gathers magics. That's what he does. Let's dive into our discussion of Get Out. So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> <laughs> we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. smoke in front of my daughter i'm gonna quit she'd take care of that for you how hypnosis i'm good actually you ready for this i'm back in b so look i go do my research apparently a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb but it's cool bro how you're not scared of this man couldn't see no brother around here chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! Ah! Rose, we gotta go. <laughs> that was the trailer for Get Out. Uh, I want to sort of preface the discussion today. Um, all of us, I would say, identify as white individuals, which I think poses a challenge for how we talk about this film. But I think that's also doesn't mean that we don't have things to say and kind of learn from this piece. So um, with that preface... I've seen this movie before. I know. I think Bert and Katie have both seen this movie before. We watched it for the podcast. Tell me about the first time that you saw this film. Well, it was literally a couple of hours ago. So I'd never seen really? it before, actually. Oh, I thought you did. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, wow. I'd never seen it before. I knew a lot about it. Um, you know, a lot of people talked about it. And I knew that it was important for, like, discourse and, and sort of, like, you know, uh, Jordan Peele's debut as, like, a serious director uh, like really showing what he could do. Um, so like, I knew that it was an important piece of, of cinema. I just hadn't ever like sat down and watched it. Um, because I knew it was going to have the intended effect, which was not unlike when I watched, um, sorry to bother you in theaters, which is just like, kind of like I'm sitting there like cringing a lot, like in the way that it's supposed to like depict a lot of like racial tension in that sort of, um, like aggressively passive racism um, that a lot of uh, people of color face. So while I definitely can't say like it was, you know, like I just knew I was going to be very uncomfortable the whole time for like well-founded reasons because like, I was just like, Oh, I'm going to see like my family in this movie and like, yep. Yep. So (laughs) that's why I kind of avoided it because I knew it was just going to be like one of those, uh, like tense movies uh, to watch just because of, of just all the times that you're like, oh God, this is bad. Oh God. Um, <laughs> but again, like rightfully so, because um, this is, I think, a horror movie that plays on probably like the, the justified fears of, of a lot of people in America, but really aims to focus on like making a white audience uncomfortable in the way that, you know, they kind of should be. But 
still. Yeah, I spent a lot of this time just being like, oh, God. And, like, groaning and kind of wanting to, like, die, so. <laughs> Great horror movie for that reason. <laughs> That's, I think they put that on the poster. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, like, the first, the first review. Uh, I spent a lot of it going, uh, wanting to die. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah. It's 2017, right? Yeah. I think 17? Uh, yeah, 17. Wow, that's, I thought it was older. It really, yeah, that's what I was going to say, is it feels older to me, um, because I'm old, and <laughs> I, I mean, I just feel like the time around it has, like, dilated in some weird fashion, and it's like... Oh, it's because this year has felt like, a, like, 2019 alone has felt like exactly one million years. So. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like this was around, was it early 2017, maybe? I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so so we're all like in 2016 election hangover. So it was just like, fuck, I don't even know where I am right now. Um, yeah, this was um, one that they talked about getting the Oscars. And one of the things that they yeah. were concerned about it not doing well at the Oscars was because it was so far out from the next Oscar season. Right. Mm. Well, we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about the Oscars in relation to this. Uh, when it When it came out, though, I really avoided it. And mainly it was it was just because like, I mean, I had no problem with Jordan Peele. I thought he was really funny. But the th- thing was, is like my understanding of Jordan Peele was, you know, Key and Peele. He's hilarious. And then everybody was like, oh, you have to watch this movie. It's it's a horror movie. And I'm like, uh, but it's like about race. And I'm like, mm, OK. And then they're like, yeah, it's directed by Jordan Peele. And it's like, but it's like a black comedy horror movie. And I was like, what? Like a comedy horror movie? Like, scary movie? So I was just like... And and plus a lot of... I mean, I think it just had a lot of appeal across the spectrum. Um, of, like... Of Jordan appeal? I'm so sorry. I can't even justify that. I want to... Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm not deleting exactly. that as punishment, Katie. Yeah, that, that's perfect. So, I can't believe I didn't go there. So, no, uh, like, uh, like liberals and leftists and, and anybody really centrist love this movie. Like, it, anybody who's at all concerned about race was like was telling me to watch this and so i mean honestly i had a lot of liberal friends going like you need to watch get out and i was like i don't know how well that that works i'm gonna give it some time see what happens and i think later that year i watched it and i was like this movie is so fucking good (laughs) it's like it's like amazing that nobody had made the movie before but it kind of makes sense and then i've probably seen it like five times since then this was like my fifth time watching it probably how about you i cannot believe it was only 2017 because it feels like 2015 yeah like at least i i saw this movie um not in theaters i think when it came to dvd i think i'm just and rewatching it still i still feel this way i'm arrested by how tight the script is for this film yeah. Like it is just the foreshadowing, mm. the the structure of the movie. It is just so tightly done. It's so crazy to me that this was like Jordan Peele's first film because right. he writes with confidence of someone who's been doing. Yeah, I know he's had a career in like comedy, but like right. he writes like someone who's like had like a serious career for a really long time. He writes like an accomplished screenwriter like somebody who's been doing this for years and years just knows everything yeah 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 um so the 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 economy of the film and the script just super impressed me and how 
little throwaway lines have like later meaning he nails like it's it's almost like he had like a poster board of like all the sort of white liberal tropes and just like works in like every single one into the film i'm sure this is the film that like countless social justice educators across the answers are going oh it's, it's like that it's like that it's like get out watching the film itself which i think is kind of interesting too because as you mentioned bert this like cross cross political spectrum appeal both liberals and leftists i wonder sometimes how much of the film we slip into with um a sort of knowing nod mm-hmm. like oh i'm i get it like right. i'm watching get out and i appreciate it on that level <clears throat> so i'm one of the good ones yeah I think it's... it's easy to watch the film from that lens sometimes and that yeah it allows us to distance ourselves from the characters in the film I, yeah. as a white person. Well, so yeah, something I had a concern with talking about with this film is that it's an easy film to feel like you get it. And there's probably not a lot of people who, well, there, there are a lot of people. There's probably a bunch of people who like the movie and don't get it. You can, that's, that's kind of part of why I think it had a lot of appeal to me. Cause, cause just on the grounds of it being like, a horror movie suspense movie it's it's very good regardless of the themes or the the plot ideas so like you know norm like normies can just watch the movie and be like oh it's scary Ooh, it's exciting oh it has a twist you know like they can get enjoyment out of it and like it a lot and not really see what the movie's actually about or even like the smaller things that the movie's about you know what i mean like um there's just a lot going on and but then, like, you risk, like, you know, if I talk to a liberal about this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this is about, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff about actual liberal minor racial envy as opposed to, like, flat racism and how dangerous. And they'll be like, eh, you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of like, I, I feel like once you get into that, you kind of risk, like, who am I talking to in relation? Like, did they get all this in the movie or... um I don't know. It's always a case of like I don't know how much the general public understands about um, Get Out and the themes, or if it's more just like a thing everybody just knows and understands implicitly. I feel like race is so front and center with this film, though. It feels so hard for me to imagine someone not seeing that. Like it's even introduced in the um, opening of the film when when Rose talks to him and says, and he asks her. That when Chris asks her, do you know, do they know I'm a black guy? <clears throat> you know, that to me is like a, a, it's a framing of the film. Like race is part of the terror of this film. And I think like that's part of the success is like, it's so successfully inserts you in a perspective. Like if you think of the horror genre, the final girl phenomena, have you, have y'all heard of this? Yeah. In slashers and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to have the final girl quote-unquote of this film be chris as that character right I think well that's just, it's interesting subversion. no i think it's a subversion that the final girl is just the villain <laughs> yeah you, the the actual girl yeah yeah yes i mean the the thing is is yes the movie is very clearly about race but the the thing is is like it's not even subtly are... about race though like that is no the it's whole not premise. subtle at all but what I mean is, like, it's more complex than simply being about racism. But I bet there's a lot of people that could watch this movie and be like, I see the people were secretly racist all along. And then they mm. ended up being, you know what I mean? Like, because cause 
to a lot of people, racism is a very cut and dry thing. It's an interpersonal it's, issue. It's not a structural one. It's an interpersonal bias issue. Uh, see, I kind yes. of wish we had a fourth person on here because I feel like so many of the more subtle undertones are most likely being missed on us, especially the whole idea of like the shared consciousness of like that could likely like resonate the whole like sunken place thing. Like I have no doubts that this really speaks to an even like deeper, like symbolic or artistic like method of like trying to describe what it must be like um, right. as someone who was non-white in America, especially historically, like, um, you know, what, uh, you know, black folks have been encountering their, like their whole existence, um, you know, since, you know, colonialism and slavery. So like, I have no doubts that like that's being missed on us for like um and i would love it if someone could actually like weigh in on it because like i know there's got to be a lot there and i would love to have someone sort of explore it within our context uh on this like podcast um not to say like poo poo on any of our opinions but like i just feel like like there's just so much more beneath the surface that um could be dug at that i just don't feel like i am qualified to speak on whatsoever yeah i I agree. I feel like this movie is like, for me, it's like the epitome of like, like a Rorschach movie. Like I, I want people like the reason I've seen this so many times is because I keep convincing other people to see it. Because like, I always feel like how you associate or see this movie or what you take away from it just tells me a lot about you and also me and gives me more information. Like, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting that way. So um, I mean, I actually, when I was watching it this time, um, I know my mom listens to the show. I'll probably call her like later this week, but I was just wondering, like, I wonder what my mom like took away from this movie. It's just weird to me that, like I said, like this, this movie has that focus on like, you know, the different aspects of racism that you don't typically see, I, you know, portrayed in movies as like a horror element. I was just like wondering like how an older person, I mean, obviously my mom's white, but it's kind of like, I'd still wonder like how somebody from her generation would react to that or like it's just interesting to see how different people react to it obviously it's it would be super relevant to have a black person on to to see how they feel about it although i've talked to black people about it i I just find it very interesting um to see different viewpoints on it yeah so like my viewpoint on it was very much one of like like i've been rose right like i've been the person who was in you know a relationship with someone uh, who wasn't white and like didn't like you know sort of grew up in that whole when I was younger thinking of like oh I don't see color like I'm sure it's gonna be fine I don't understand like what your apprehension is um, and then you know you know the rude awakening of like you want to think that your family is is gonna be cool because you weren't you don't recall being explicitly raised around that sort of mentality and it's only when you know you see it now that you're like you know like a partner or someone has brought it up to you that you see it in full view and like, there's just like the horror that slowly plays out in front of your face. And you're like, Oh fuck. I was super wrong. Um, I've of course, like since learned to, you know, listen a bit better to to folks and like, you know, sort of done my own exploring and like, try not to be like that problematic person as best as I can, can navigate. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like that's why this movie for me was really intense. It was just like, identifying very heavily with the rose character who you go to later find out like she's just the one who's luring them there you know yeah she's she's the bait and like is super evil and it's just like 
oh fuck is that and like you know and like the cop scene too it was just like yeah oh my god i hope like oh my god like just like really becoming like hyper aware of like you know just basically trying to take inventory of like my past actions like you know through childhood because you know again like i i i don't remember ever like having being told like things about race as a kid and so early boyfriends and stuff like that like i did i never knew and so this movie would be like go back and think to like even with my earlier relationships um just thinking like oh my god i think that's really that's really fascinating though and that speaks to like how well the movie is written that like you relate very strongly to a character who ends up being like the antagonist of antagonists yes but like totally sociopathological evil yeah but like but it's set up as this person could be anybody this person could be you in which case you know it kind of is uh yeah so that just speaks to how well written that character is though up to that obviously they they're over the top evil by the end but like that's that's i feel like that's a big thing in the theme of the movie is is these kind of quote-unquote microaggressions or smaller aspects of racism that can actually be way bigger than they they seem mm-hmm. and have yeah much bigger effects yeah the second time i saw it there's just you're you matt you're totally correct there's so much foreshadowing built into the plot the entire sequence where he gets into the house like on the first day and the dad is like showing him around and he's like oh my son is in bali right now and he's like holding the candlesticks and like uh he's like oh we have black we have black go, mold downstairs. I'm like, oh my god! There's so many little things. Uh, they go his, to the kitchen and they see the um, woman, the who's the grandmother, Georgina. Yeah, and he says and like, Georgina's we mom. kept some stuff around for my for my mother because she a little loved- piece of her is here. I was exactly like, oh my says, yeah. god! Well, no, the is- the thing that resonated with me with that scene the most was when he was like just like somberly like it's such a privilege to be able to experience other people's cultures oh yeah and he that privilege word was written there you know like oh my god yeah like that just felt like such a punch like <laughs> like you that was so pointed and like brilliantly written because it's he said it in a somber way as though it's respectful but you know it's still like super exploitative and like that could even, be the, like, the that fetish. could be the tagline of the movie honestly <laughs> yeah that's true um but like yeah that was the part i think that like stood out to me in that in that sequence the most right the the deer scene with the cop that that scene it's so crazy how like the first time you watch it's just like oh like, she really loves him, and she's trying to stand up for him, and, and that's kind of his reaction at the time. And then you rewatch it, it's like, oh no, he's her possession. Yep. And she doesn't want that guy to have possession of her possession. It's, it's the weirdest thing once you rewatch it. And Well, and- also, you see that, like, for her, it's very important that the cop not have his ID, because right. then there's proof and evidence that he was up there in the first place. Yeah, um, I actually hadn't even thought about that aspect. It, it's always... It always seems like more of a power aspect to me. Like, it comes across as, hey, you can't talk to my boyfriend like that. When it's really, you can't talk to underline big bold letters, my boyfriend like that. <laughs> like, this this belongs to me. Um, and I have domain over it. Which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where there's so many <coughs> little tiny things that seem normal that are actually... And, and you know, a lot of times in real life racial interrelationships are like that it's just, it's just there's a lot of uh little tiny things in your in your mentality about about race relations that you don't even think about that you do 
And somehow this guy made a horror movie out of all of them. <laughs> in his first in his first feature film. I, I yeah, that's just mind boggling. Um so uh, I don't know if you all know the story of how Jordan Peele started down this path. Um, he had applied for a position at SNL and his mad TV contract at the time wouldn't allow him to do it. Um, even after he, even after he passed the uh, SNL audition. Mm-hmm. So um, as he described it, he just started smoking a lot of weed in his dressing room on mad TV and just started plotting to take over Hollywood basically. <laughs> and like, between Get Out and Us, like, the dude's done it. Like, Man, let he, me tell you, I am so glad he didn't end up on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a huge waste of talent, that would be. I mean, Tim Robinson was on Saturday Night Live. So, uh, you know, you can you can escape unscathed. But, like, man, he just did so much better with everything. This is one of those he's... cases, yeah, where he's, he's just too, I feel like he's too much of a talent for that to be a bit player you know what i mean well and in his interviews about the film he's been explicit that like this is about putting you in that perspective of you know a black man visiting this family and um that fear that comes with it similar he compared it i believe to rosemary's baby and sort of putting you in that perspective of a pregnant woman feeling that sort of out of controlness to not be in control of your body and um, to have this thing inside you that's not of you in a way, um, but also is. He is a person that like thinks very deeply about the horror genre. And I think I'd, I'm not super up on my horror history. I'll own that. I feel like this was a pretty big turning point in sort of like horror as a genre. It felt like a lot of the things I remember growing up around horror um, in like the late uh, aughts and early 2010s were of that um, saw genre, the torture porn kind of right. horror thing. And now we see things like Get Out, The Witch, Midsummer, mm-hmm. Hereditary. I think people have called it like the suspenseful turn of horror that is really digging more into less of a shock and uh, disgust and like a visceral reaction to horror and more of a psychological bent to its horror. We, we can talk a little about that. I, I feel, because I love all those movies, uh, and I feel like there's been kind of a... You're a big Saw head? <laughs> I actually haven't seen Saw. Uh, Neither have I. I have no interest in it. I have no, yeah, I'm not really that interested in it. But uh, no, I mean, like, uh, I guess, what do they call it? Uh, it's like prestige horror or some nonsense. Like, yeah, yeah thing, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, the problem is, like, so, I mean, I love all these films, and I love... I've seen a lot of movies lately. Um, I saw Parasite last week, which is absolutely fantastic movie of the year for me. It has a lot in common with this film. And that's very much a suspense, horror, prestige, quote unquote, movie. It won the Palme d'Or. It's it's very art house. The thing is, is like those movies, I feel like they're more popular than they've, they've been in a long time. Uh, there is a very, like there is a market for them. A lot of people went to see Parasite, which is a Korean you know, award-winning movie, not your typical box office smash, you know. The Lighthouse just came out. I'm really excited for that. I'm sure it's going to make decent money. And the thing, though, is, like, movies like that have been around a long time, you know? I mean, obviously, they just haven't... There hasn't been the market for them that there has been now. Like, they, they did really well. You know, I love, like, Possession. That's an amazing movie, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't 
not everybody in the whole universe went to see it when it was out in theaters, you know? <laughs> so, um, and I feel like calling it like prestige horror, art house horror, whatever nonsense term is, is kind of, I mean, cause, cause the thing is, since those movies have always been around, it's, it's just horror, man. Horror movies can be good. I feel like, I feel like it just has this kind of stigma associated with it. Cause there's a lot of bad horror that's been popular at different frames of time, you know? Um, Get Out probably did help a lot with that, since I, especially with the Best Picture nomination. I need to find a way to transition my thoughts into something uh, that makes just, you guys talk. <laughs> it's hard to, I mean, we've already concluded that it's very hard for us to watch a good movie that we all yes. like. Because we're all just situation. like, yep, it was good for lots of reasons. And I also feel like I can't talk, like, so I, I know I have, like, you know, I can talk about whatever. But it's also difficult to speak to the broader, um, like, depictions of stuff. Because, again, like, I'm only coming at it. I only have, like, one one personal, like, sided experience, which is that of a white woman. Um, mm-hmm. So that's definitely, like, kind of limited. I will say that I absolutely fucking howled with laughter. That scene where Rose is just, like, sitting in her bedroom eating cereal dry and then yep. sipping on the milk with a straw as she's listening to a dirty dancing soundtrack. I fucking died. Like I lost my shit at that scene. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, I love that too, for how psychotic she was. Yes. I yes. think like the, but like um, psychotic and like uber white, like the oh, button yeah, yeah, up yeah, yeah. shirt. Oh the, like, yeah. She's the got the John purse. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if it was like a Starbucks. <laughs> Like yoga pants, like that would oh have just been like part of the whole ensemble. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's like again, it's the economy of storytelling that Jordan Peele is so good at that he like takes that scene and not only is, he continues that commentary on whiteness, even as he's demonstrating to use the audience, Rose is absolutely sociopathic. That she was tightly scripted and controlled in every single thing that she did up until that point, because that's how I interpret her. Like at that moment, everything is so precise. Yeah. And specific that like everything about her act was so carefully scripted and like we were totally taken in by it. And that's uh, insane. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Her character is is I feel like she's the most otherworldly horror character in the movie. Like like. Because it's almost, I mean, you can you can believe it based on what the movie presents you, but it's definitely by the end of the movie, it's like, Jesus Christ, how does a person like this even, like, exist, you know, <laughs> in the real world that we occupy? Um, it it's, doesn't get past, like, the suspension of disbelief or anything, but, I mean, you, you kind of have to believe, like, her family brainwashed her or something. It, it definitely has that feeling towards the end of where, like, she's talking on the phone with uh, the TSA agent. And, uh, you know, she's trying to convince him that, like, she was interested in her. And the parents are just watching, like, this is good. And they're just like, when would this ever happen? Because the movie's taken the turn at that point. But, um, yeah, they can get away with it. Like, Jordan Peele can get away with it. He can he can do outlandish things just because he's he's such a good writer. He's so... He has such a, like, natural style of dialogue with characters interplay is so good i watch some of these scenes i'm like do they ad lib any of this or are they just like it's incredible talent like lakeith stanfield in particular is a favorite of mine 
um, partially because of Sorry to Bother You. But yeah. I think also in this film, like, he is just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, I and mean, he has, like, what, 15 minutes of screen time at that? Yeah. But, like, you remember him. Like, he is, he, he, he communicates so much in every little scene he's in. Yeah, I feel like every character is like that, though. Like, like, uh, like Georgina. That scene with Georgina is like one of my favorite acting things. It's just like the the range of things that are going on. And again, once you once you know who this character actually is, it's like it's just like fucking crazy to watch somebody act that out the way that she does. And and then you know, it, there's just so much going on in every scene. It's not even that complicated of a plot. I mean, we, have we even really given away, like, the conceit of the plot, really? I don't even think we've really talked about that. Um, like, what the actual twist is, or... <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, so, I, for listeners, you should probably just skip ahead or go watch the movie, because it's really fucking good. Yeah, just go watch it. Um, yeah, why are you doing this to the podcast? Go, go watch this movie. <laughs> uh, the conceit of the movie is Rose lures... Um, I think in her case, primarily black men to the family estate where the family steals their bodies and puts in the brain of older white people. Well, that's right. They put the brain of the older white people into the black people's bodies. Yeah. And, and unlike uh, maybe a traditional body snatchers style thing where, uh, the, it's a complete replacement or they have no more consciousness in this particular sequence. And again, this is Jordan Peele, like really taking this horror concept and amping it up with social commentary, if you will. I think that's why you should study this film if you're a creative person for like how to introduce that social commentary into your film or, or your creative project. Mm-hmm. Um, in this film, you have to preserve some of the brainstem of the original person um, so that um, you can maintain the so that this brain is basically a writer in the other person's body, but a piece of their consciousness and who they are remains trapped in what they call the sunken place. Something I find really fascinating, like a creative decision that was made in this movie, is um, the art director is getting Chris's body is blind. I don't know if it's ever established if they were bl- they weren't blind from birth. No, so he wasn't. They, I don't believe so. No, because huh? he used to be a he used to be an art. Uh, right, dealer. he lost his vision progressively, but. It's such a fascinating decision for me, because, like like a uh, plot decision, because like I, I I just really feel like the notion is that it it like racism doesn't even come down to anything as simple as skin color or like what's even visible to you, like that that really ties it into being like a class issue. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of the movie does kind of touch on that, of course. Uh, but but that very clearly ties it into me is like yeah like this guy doesn't even really care per se um i mean some of these people definitely do you know it's it's definitely a part of it but it's it's also in in every single case it's usually about power as opposed to like they they um see black people as lesser or anything like that because they are black and they are white like there's a very clear distinction and making him blind is is a very like i i feel like that's just a message from the director like yeah it it, this guy can't see it doesn't matter he's still he would still fucking do this shit (laughs) he would still do this crazy absolutely crazy racist nonsense um you know 
that's it because it doesn't come down to that uh well when you think of the about the we talk about the power piece that also springs to mind for me that like i'm the grandfather and the grandmother they're they they're the first two people into these two um black characters georgina and i can't remember the other guy's name um walter i think they call him walter i think so i see they don't i feel like his name isn't touched on much in the script so georgina and walter are cast by the family as servants to to maintain this fiction they have the old people of the family mm-hmm. you know they're the servants now right and even like in those circumstances it's still that power please that power piece of like almost ageism yeah if that makes sense you said ageism <laughs> a age space ageism but not like ages okay never mind an <sighs> and jism a single jism uh no i got you a- nice interjection katie what do you think about this movie <laughs> <laughs> I've already said most of what I felt like I needed to say. <laughs> I have nothing left to say. You boys could talk about the movie. No, it's not that. It's just like, again, like, I, there's this feeling that, like, I mean, I could point out the cool parts of this all day long, but the the focus to me is still that of, like, I'm not really, like, I can't really say that I can weigh in in a really deep and meaningful way on this film. Because this film was meant to, like, essentially, like, poke and jab at white people to be better. And, like, yeah, like, they should definitely do that. And, like, you should definitely, like, hold people to better standards because the only racism that's horrific isn't just the aggressive kind of, like, lynching and, you know, uh, systemic racism. It's, like, the aggressively passive racism as well, um, which is, like, what the first two-thirds of the movie were, like, right? And, like, that's why it was super uncomfortable and just ramps up from uncomfortable to horror and so I, I can notice that and i can point it out and say like yes this is great screenwriting but like in the end i feel like the intended audience to enjoy this to really appreciate it was on me right like i can i can appreciate it but like i can also understand that this is like a, a way of like to celebrate you know the so many things about you know being black in america but again like i can't weigh in on that really so i think there's value in in i think I, there's value in a non-black person seeing that though oh, and, and yeah, respecting it yeah sure i you've seen it and i respect it but again to like talk at any length uh for like long times and like saying like how good it is like I just feel like most of the reviews I read on this, like why, like celebrating why it was genius was also still mostly written by white people. So it's just sort of like, you know, like I can also be aware enough to say like, I'm going to step back. Yeah, that's so, so this kind of reminds me of, I mean, it's not, it's probably not even really related at all, but like, um, there was a thing on Twitter a few days ago where like, uh, Ted Danson and Jane Fonda got arrested for like climate protests mm-hmm. and there was a big there was a big dust up on twitter about like and these they're, they're like smiling in the photos where they get arrested and like these people are like you know they're millionaires they're celebrities they don't care if they get arrested so quit pretending like they're doing anything important because they're just like it's all a show to them but then at the same time it's kind of like, well i mean 
I don't know. They're doing some. At least they're out there. I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, like, that's using, right? Like, that is using your, like, again, like, would you know anything about that climate protest? Had they not got arrested? Like, maybe, maybe not. Like, so that is, like, using, like, your place of privilege to, mm-hmm. you know, exalt people, like, to exalt a greater thing. But, like, I'm not a rich millionaire. Um, talking about it right like i'm no but we're all white people so we're all privileged you know like so we're gonna use our privilege to talk about how much we like get out from a white perspective which unfortunately that's just you know that's where we're at i mean i i don't know i don't i just think it's like sort of a delicate thing to approach right right? like um again like because again i feel like so much of the genius of this movie is like like is something that I'm probably overlooking because I can see so much of the symbolism that was there and like you know understand that that was made to speak to a deeper level but under but also know that like I maybe haven't experienced that from firsthand perspective just simply because like I was raised white and fairly middle class in the U.S. So sure so yeah I mean I agree with that but then there, then there's there's a lot of value in the movie because because you're exposed to these things that you'll never get to experience that other people experience all the time that you can so so even as a white person you can you know you're given a black protagonist and you can relate to their personal struggle and then once you're put in the same situations that they are you can you know through that empathy experience for the protagonist you can say oh well now I have at least some understanding of this, even if I'll never be able to fully understand it. You know, it's it's better than where I was before. I mean, like, know? I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that, you know, white people shouldn't uh, shouldn't watch this or anything. Like, I think this movie has a lot of value and everyone should watch it. But again, like, discussing so many aspects of it at great length, again, like, it just kind of, like, talking about it at such, such length and trying to extrapolate what I think Jordan Peele was saying is, like, not saying it, it that isn't without its own value and is to appreciate, but it makes me a little uncomfortable to try to say that I think I know, you know, what this was trying to convey in this scene when, again, like, I, I kind of don't know because I only have the, the one, ex, like, you know, uh, background to draw from. So I just think it's kind of a, kind of a, a difficult thing for three white people to navigate and and speak with beyond just being like yes he was really cool you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah go ahead so i want to ask the question on a meta level do we want to release this episode and two what space does that leave for us then because i want to like throw a flag in here and like just be like consciously the conversation that we're having like, do we think there's a value in us sharing our struggles as white people engaging about this topic? Is that worth something worth sharing? Uh, um, I think it is. Okay. Um, worth sharing. Now, I'm not trying to say, like, we shouldn't do anything because of, like, white guilt. Again, no. it's just more of a, like, I don't feel super comfortable discussing some of the artistic liberties taken with this movie, like, in great depth and length. Because, again, like... I just feel like there's a lot that I'm not getting and I probably won't be able to get. Um, and I can just definitely draw upon, you know, the portrayal of the white characters, but, um, 
beyond that, right? Like there's just some amount of like consciousness that has to, I think, play, take place. And I think it's still important to talk about, but again, like, I just don't feel like my platform is, you know, wide enough that would prompt that discussion in a way that would be particularly helpful. That's just where I'm coming from. And again, like, I'm just always really uncomfortable as like that person discussing black media when there's only other white people in the room, right? Like that just, it just kind of makes me uncomfortable (laughs) to not have a more varied like voice and take on that. Cause then it's just a circle jerk. Yeah. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. It's hard. Cause I don't, I don't want to argue. <laughs> right. The because show. Like, you, you, so again, like that, that's just the, the place where we're at. Right. Because to also yeah. go in and specifically like seek out someone who is like of color is specifically like someone who might be, you know, a black American and like have them right. come on the show. Cause that also feels like tokenism in a sense of just being like, Oh, we want your voice on this for this one particular episode. You know, like, is that, is that a shitty thing to do? Maybe. I don't know. Like there's just, we're in this area where there's no clearly defined answer to go about it. Um, and again, I'm not saying that our opinions don't matter in this media or on this um, subject and that like you know that you can only appreciate something you know what I mean but it's just yeah. again like asking... there's enough awareness again where I'm coming from is just one of like I'm aware enough of some of the social context to be super uncomfortable as um, only white folks discussing this movie in like super great detail with such a limited perspective it's it's hard I think uh, yeah, to but... me to me Katie that makes me think of the sort of power dynamics. Like that's what comes to mind most of like three white people talking about a piece of cinema. And I don't know if you would necessarily define this as black cinema. Um, I think that's an interesting way that, you know, to go back to uh, a previous discussion, I think Bert and I had about sort of like breaking the bounds of genre where you try to like escape it and be worthy of greater acclaim. Um, you know, the, how, how does a novel move from sci-fi and fantasy to a literary piece of fiction and get the rewards that come with that? Um, I also think of... Damn, I had a thought I lost it. Hmm. It's... It's hard for me because cause I feel like there's a lot of topics, uh, you know, with race or class or anything else where obviously you want uh, a wide breadth of, of different voices and discussions, but like, or, or viewpoints. So like, I don't know, like, uh, I feel like when I, when I joined DSA and like fucking late 2016 or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. You were the, the post-election be like, Oh shit, I gotta do something now. Yeah. Because I felt like, well, everything sucks and, and there's a movement to change things. And I feel like I want to be a part of that. And that's how I feel. And then, you know, like I went to a DSA meeting and it's pretty much all white guys. Yeah. And then and and I mean, like, so the thing is, though, is like, do I think it should be all white guys? Absolutely not. But at the same time, I can't. And, and this is like a, you know, this is not directly related to what we're discussing. But it was kind of like, well, I mean, it was, or it's like the Bernie bro thing, you know, where, yeah, his base is probably a lot of younger white men. Um, 
And it's it's kind of like, well, is that a problem? Probably on on different levels, but at the same time, like, would I rather those white guys didn't do anything or or uh, had different opinions? Not really. Like, it's kind of sadly is what it is. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like in the case of Get Out with with the critical community. Uh, I feel like sadly a lot of the critical community is is old white guys. And it's the same with like the Academy Awards, you know, when it was nominated for Best Picture. I know there was like a lot of a lot of nonsense about uh, this movie can't win Best Picture. It's a silly horror comedy, and it's directed by this guy, and and then a lot of people had to fight for it to be like, in, you know, in the Academy or whatever, to be like, no, this is actually a great movie, you know. And even among those people, you're probably talking a lot of old white guys. No, so I'm saying like, sorry, that wasn't to say like the. We shouldn't be doing this. Again, it's just sort of no, pointing to some of the 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 complex dynamics that exist in anybody who's trying to like be better or like more socially conscious and um, be more outspoken about social justice. Um, right. Which is like where where do you fit in in some of these spaces? Um, and I think we all kind of know is to to use you know. Um, privilege as this like the movie mentions except not just to experience another culture but to really like use that to to make sure that certain voices get amplified that have historically been silenced um and so again i'm just coming from a place of hyper awareness of how this all sounds and there's just a lot of internalized shrieking going on in my head right now so you're fine <laughs> there's i mean i got that going on all the time i mean, like uh, i do too but like now it's just focused into this particular subject instead of like I don't know. Weird, like se- sex hangups. So, <laughs> uh, you know, eat my Fruit Loops with my. Well, thank God I'm like you're not. Taller. You're not Rose, Katie. It's okay. Maybe on some level, somewhere, but like you know, we're all Rose on some level. It's fine. <laughs> Can I talk about how inspired the casting of Josh Lyman from The West Wing was? The dad, like, holy shit. Who, man. Oh yeah, and the best part is that guy is like apparently that he's real really life. that it's guy. Crazy. Yeah, it's just yeah. the easiest guess wow. to get a hold. Yeah, yikes! Just yikes! yikes. Pull up my collar if you can't. You can't see it at home. I'm pulling the collar. Yikes! <laughs> um, yeah, don't worry, I'll show up in the final mix of here in the coat wrestling. Okay, so yeah, something kind of. I I mean, if you're uncomfortable talking with us, that's totally fine. But like, I I kind of something interesting to me about the movie is like um the so white people watch just just talking about white people watching this and taking away some appreciation from it is like the the concept of white privilege to me i don't know the history of that term or concept and its usage in like popular society but i feel like these days like like in in our current climate like people could watch this movie and be like ah this is a movie that it's about white privilege and and these things and that was kind of what i was interested in talking to like different people is like is like how long has that been understood is is there a lot of value in you know white people being able to recognize that now as opposed to like like i said i i can't imagine a movie like this like i can imagine it like maybe existing 20 or 30 years before but not like it having the the reception it did or like you know the acclaim it, it maybe no, on a cult level but yeah I, I do kind of think that there was a unique 
environment for it um, yeah. that followed like the Obama years. Like, I feel like that bred this this totally like new type of like um, virtue signaling from like you know mediocre middle class white people right like um, right and you have that again like that actor who's apparently it's the obama thing just, like it's just a like that in the movie yeah like he's like oh what if, what if it were a third term if i could like it's right. it's that like right i feel like that definitely has has it created this specific environment um, and I'm sorry right. to like have derailed everyone to make everyone no, feel as self conscious as I am. That's this. I don't think this is a derail. I think uh, that should be left. Is, I think all of this should be left in. By the way, I think it was very is, important and a good discussion to have. Um, yeah, this is this is to me properly situating ourselves in relation to discussing this film. Like on a meta level, this is a conversation that we should be having, and I'd like to see more role modeling of it because I don't see any of us sort of self flagellating about our white privilege. Or be ourselves up for it, but recognizing that those are things that impact and influence our ability to right. take in a film like this. Right. And what are the limitations of my literal white gaze, you know, as I'm viewing this film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and speaking about metal levels, like like what what you're talking about is like and, and kind of what I was talking about is like, yeah, the the thing portrayed in the movie of like, aha, I understand like I have an acceptance of black people because I would have voted for Obama, you know, that kind of thing is definitely prevalent. But even then, like on the metal level of understanding that, you know, concept as a white person, and then I'm one of the good ones. I get it. Exactly. And then you can take that except yeah. like understanding and say, aha, now I am not racist. And it just, it, it's like it, some kind of crazy. Yeah. It's kind of recursive. Yeah. The way that the movie does it in such an amazing way too. Um, like this movie definitely is 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 great, and like it made me feel really uncomfortable because of how well done it was. Just again, like we mentioned, like with the the microaggressions and just like mm-hmm. how a lot of these characters. Because like in the beginning, like the first two thirds of the movie, like you really think that Rose is just like, you know, she's just you know she, she's innocent. She's innocent, you know, and she like she expresses like frustration with her parents, like oh, can you believe this? I can't believe it, and like that was very much me the first time that like I noticed, you know, like some microaggressions that my parents pulled in front of uh, a boy I was dating who wasn't white. Like it, it resonated so hard with me that I think this that's why this movie got to me <laughs> in such a way, um, yeah. because I was just like, oh my god, like I just see. Such that, and like, no, I don't think I'm like a, a sociopathic villain, mostly because I don't really like Fruit Loops, and I don't have any white button up shirts, and I don't like Dirty Dancing. So that's how I'm pretty. And you don't think the Williams Sonoma catalog should be used in all your decorating? Christ, no. <laughs> you don't I mean, Google like, you can, the whole house. You don't like, Google house 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 the reclining. You can't see the reclining, like glow in the dark skeleton above my bed. Um, <laughs> clearly not. Um, which I giggle at every time I turn off the light. It's very sexy, by the way. Um, yeah. So good. I, I think it's a good place to bring it to a close. Uh, that concludes our uh, month of horror movies. Next week we'll be discussing the 2015 Wachowski film Jupiter Ascending. Where can we find you on social media? I'm at Refreshing Time, um, making jokes about dumb bullshit. Sure. Um, I'm at Anime Weed Fart 69. You can probably just guess what that account's like and be correct. 
You can find me on Twitter at a very big bear. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Second Star Cast. Email us at secondstarcast at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate your feedback, uh, commentary on this episode, questions of the week. Uh, let us know what you're interested in learning about us, and we're happy to provide that. And uh, rate and review us on whatever you get your uh, podcasts on. It really helps us spread the show and do more of what we're going to um, do on the scholarship. So, Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.